0: Thank you for listening today. We hope that this message from God's Word will help you to grow in your knowledge of God and your relationship with Him. At Lucy Baptist Church, we are fully committed to loving God, loving people, and making disciples. Now here's today's message. I want to invite you this morning to turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 16. Luke 16. We are uh, continuing in the Gospel of Luke. And... uh, as we turn there, and Hunter has already mentioned in his prayer today that this message is a, uh, or this passage rather, relates to uh, the, the important subject of money, uh, possessions, our stewardship as believers. We, of course, are stewards not only of money, that is part of it, but also we're stewards of what we uh, have in our possession, our resources, so to speak. And we also are stewards of our time. We're stewards of the talents or gifts that God has given to us. We are t- stewards as believers, particularly of the gospel. And there is certainly indication in, in the parables of Jesus and, and throughout Scripture that uh, we are stewards of the gospel. We have a responsibility to invest the gospel. Uh, just having gone through, um, or maybe I should say Karen and I are still in the process of going through moving. We have been married in July, praise the Lord, on uh, 38 years. Uh, when we reach, the, the Lord lets us uh, live till then, 38 years together. And so, uh, you know, even when you move and you try to downsize and you're moving, and then, of course, when your parents uh, passing away and you accumulate some of their things and, and, and you still have your, the, the things that your sons don't want necessarily to get rid of, but you're still having to take them and take care of them. Uh, wow! Just yesterday was a, whew, a, 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 a a a reminder of things. We have so many things uh, that uh, we are that are that are that really don't belong to us, right? Uh, but we are stewards of them and. We have too many things, amen, and we need to travel more light, and we certainly do that. And one thing we realized yesterday was we don't have quite as much room as we had, so, so we uh, are, ne- are needing now to, to downsize a little bit more, and uh, that's a challenging process, but, uh, but you know we, we are once again reminded that we today, as again Hunter reminded us as, as, as he prayed, that we, uh, we live in houses that belong to someone else. And I don't mean just because, uh, because we're paying the bank. I mean they belong to God. Amen? We drive automobiles that we don't own. They don't belong to us. We have, uh, we have furniture. We have, uh, uh, we have, uh, we have uh, bank accounts, none of which belongs to us. It all belongs to someone else. So the real issue from this passage today, again, is a reminder to us of who we are as believers in the Lord Jesus. And again, the Lord Jesus uh, spoke more about money than any other subject. He spoke more about money than he did about heaven, uh, about hell, though he spoke a great deal about hell, and salvation, more than all of these things combined. Of the 38 parables of Jesus recorded in Scripture, 16 of them deal with the subject of materialism, with, or rather with the subject of stewardship and, and believers. So obviously, this is important. And, and by the way, uh, someone, I read someone the other day that one difference between Jesus and most preachers today is that when Jesus spoke about money, he never took an offering afterward, as far as we know. Uh, So that's one difference uh, uh, that is different. As we compare Jesus preaching and teaching to most preachers today, Uh, but uh, but we know again that that it's a very important subject uh, because it reveals our heart. Because what it tells us about who we are. Jesus, even in the parables we looked at last Sunday, as we considered, or the last two Sundays, the parable uh, from Luke 15 on lost things, even that passage was related to, uh, to priorities in relationship to, uh, to things or to people because God reveals his priorities to us there that people are his priority that because people are going to last forever in heaven or in hell. So with your Bibles open there to Luke chapter 16, would you stand with me, please, if you're able, as we read this uh, passage together. Luke chapter 16, and we're going to read verses 1, and we're going to go ahead and include verse 14 because it certainly relates. I'm reading from the New King James translation. The ESV is on the screen if you'd like to read along there uh, or just look along there. Uh, Luke 16.1 says, He also said to his disciples, There was a certain rich man who had a steward, and an accusation was brought to him that his man uh, was uh, wasting his goods. So he called him and said to him, What is this I hear about you? Give an account of your stewardship, for you can no longer be steward.'" Then the steward said within himself, What shall I do? For my master is taking the stewardship away from me. I cannot dig. I am ashamed to beg. I have resolved what to do, that when I am put out of the stewardship, they may receive me into their houses. So he called every one of his master's debtors to him and said to the first, How much do you owe my master? And he said, A hundred measures of oil. So he said to him, Take your bill and sit down quickly and write 50. Then after another, uh, and and how much do you owe? So he said, a hundred measures of wheat. And he said to him, take your bill and write 80. So the master commended the unjust steward because he had done shrewdly. For the sons of this world are more shrewd in their generation than the sons of light. And I say to you make friends for yourselves by unrighteous mammon that when you fail they may receive you into an everlasting home. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much, and he who is unjust in what is uh, what is least is unjust also in much. Therefore I have not excuse me, therefore if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to you the Excuse me, who will commit to your trust the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? No servant can uh, serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Now the Pharisees, who were lovers of money, also heard these things, and they derided him. And from this passage, I'll bring a message entitled, How to Invest in Eternity. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this privilege of worship. We thank you, Lord, for your presence here today. We pray will continue to be present with us as we continue in worship, Lord, as we hear the Word of God, as we hear the Spirit of God speak to us and interpret the Word of God to our hearts, Lord, as we are convicted by areas that we need to uh, repent of uh, disobedience or being a a wasteful steward, as was this man, and dear Father, I pray that you will today cause us to take this this man's example, which was really, uh, he was a bad man, but we realize that he said, a good example in an area even for us as believers. So Lord Jesus, help us to understand this parable that you spoke to us. And Lord, help us today to see our privilege to be able to invest in eternity as we invest in that which will last forever. We thank you for the eternal uh, truth and the eternal lasting nature of the Word of God. We thank you that for people who are going to last forever. And Lord, we want to invest in people and invest in spreading the gospel that will last forever to make a difference in eternity of those and, Lord, even to be a blessing to us in your presence as well, but most importantly, to bring glory and honor The only one who is worthy, the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, use this word, Lord, as though it's spoken to believers today. If there are those today who are here without Christ, may they realize that, Lord, that they today are already condemned, that they too are facing a rude awakening. If they do not repent of their sin and place their faith in Christ, so, awaken hearts and lives. Lord, we're, we're looking to you today, Father, for your, your grace and the power of your Spirit to be upon us as we re- receive this word together. And even as we prepare today to, to celebrate the supper of our Lord, I pray that this entire service will bring glory to Jesus as we prayed in his precious name. And all God's people agreed and said, Amen. You may be seated. Randy Alcorn defines the treasure principle in his book by the same um, title. And I would commend that book to you. He says, this is the treasure principle. You can't take it with you, but you can send it on ahead. And that's really what Jesus is teaching us in this parable. And by the way, this has been one of the most... uh, challenging parables that Jesus gave to us, spoke to us, but we know it's true. We know it's inspired by him. And again, he's taking an example here in this unrighteous, unjust steward and uh, a, a man who, who was an unrighteous man, but, but he said, here's an unrighteous man, but he sets an example that righteous people need to see and need to apply to their own lives. But, but Jesus is teaching us here that as believers we can invest in, In eternity, he doesn't commend this uh, unrighteous manager's crookedness, but again, he uses this story to teach a spiritual truth. He, of course, uh, just as we saw in the parables of the lost uh, uh, sheep, the lost coin, and the lost sons. He was uh, using this not only to encourage his disciples and believers, but he was also challenging the Pharisees and the scribes of whom often heard him speak. And he is also uh, dealing with their covetous hearts because the Bible says there, as we read in verse 14, that they were lovers of money. Uh, and they were putting him, they were, their, their, their money uh, was their God, as, as is true of many today. Money and things, possessions, are the idols of the hearts of people. And uh, something that we have to continuously deal with as believers, not to set up idols in our hearts. Because our hearts, uh, in our our wicked hearts, our flesh, are idol factories. And we have to battle against that as believers in Christ. But I want us to look at this passage today as we think about uh, investing in eternity. And notice three uh, looks, if you will, to help us to know how to invest in that which is going to last forever. Notice, first of all, look up look up, acknowledge that you are accountable to God. That's what happened to this steward in verses one to four. He was obviously cheating his master. And just like people do today when we hear about people that are cheating their employer uh, and uh, they think they're getting away with it. And you always ask the question when people do things like that. Why did they think they could get away with it? Well, uh, they did for a while perhaps, and this man thought he was. He was a, a manager, a steward, and he thought he was getting away with what he was doing, but I guess someone turned him in. And, uh, and so, so this was a time of reckoning, if you will. And I believe, again, the Lord Jesus is reminding us that we too need to look up and realize that we are managers, that we are stewards Of that which belongs to our master. Again, to to give the definition, that word steward or manager, as your translation may have, is one who owns nothing but manages everything for his master as he, the master, directs. Uh, the Greek word, uh, it comes from two words. The word oikos, which means house, and nemo, which means to arrange, to arrange one's house. And so that's what the steward or the manager does. And, uh, and again, uh, that's what we became the moment we repented of our sin placed our faith in Christ, and Christ became Lord of our lives, we became a steward of God, a manager for him. We, we totally uh, lost our ownership at that point, and that's a good thing. That's a blessing. Uh, this man, again, had been spending, however, and wasting, if you will, or receiving for himself that which belonged to his master rather than managing it wisely, and he was acting like an owner instead of like a steward. That might be a good question to ask you. Do you live like a owner or do you live like a manager of, of what belongs to someone else? Again, with everything that you have and that you are. Not just your money, but certainly it includes that. Well, again, now he's had this, uh, this rude awakening, if you will. And the Bible tells us that, that we don't own ourselves, that we, don't, we own nothing that is in our possession. In fact, we're going to celebrate the Lord's Supper today, and I'm going to ask you during that time, as we do as believers, to be reminded of the price that was paid to purchase our redemption, but also that purchased us, that that caused us now to be managers and stewards. The precious blood of Christ is what is paid for us. He says in 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you uh, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So, Glorify God in your body. What it purchased us, the price that was paid, was the precious blood of Christ. Uh, it was uh, His uh, receiving the wrath of God for us that we would no longer have to be under the wrath of God and not have to spend an eternity uh, and under the wrath of God in hell, He purchased us with His precious blood. We belong to Him. Everything that we are, uh, not merely, dear friend, not merely ten percent. Uh, certainly, we we believe that's a great, a good starting place, uh, even for the believer. But but even after you, if you're a faithful tither, that doesn't mean that that you uh, that 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 uh, you that God owns the tithe and you can have the rest. No. He owns the money or the whatever uh, percentage is left. He owns all that too. You are merely His steward. So as God stewards everything in our possession is really his possession we're responsible for managing it as he directs for his honor and for his glory and again that not only includes our treasure or our uh, finances and resources but it does include our time it does include our talents the truth of the gospel our totality if you will everything and our responsibility and what we see from this uh this unrighteous manager or steward uh is is that uh that we are accountable and, and that what God expects for us, of us is faithfulness. First Corinthians 4.2 says, Moreover, it is required of stewards or managers that they be found faithful. So again, this day of reckoning came, and he had to give an account for what he had done, and I remind you that we are going to give an account as believers, and that we are right now accountable to God, not only then, because one thing different here, the manager didn't realize this uh, uh, that this steward, that rather the master didn't realize that the steward was being unfaithful. He didn't realize he was wasting it. Somehow, uh, I guess he was away and was unaware, but I want you to know, God knows what you're doing with, with what belongs to him, okay? He's not, you're, he's not caught off guard. He is not going to, nothing ever occurred to God, including this. And so God is aware of, of how you're doing. But one day the Bible says that we're going to give an account before him, 2 Corinthians five ten. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one uh, may uh, receive what is due for what he has done in his body, whether good or Evil. So he is aware right now, but one day we will stand before him. You know, last Sunday we looked at the, the, par- the parable uh, or the part of the parable uh, of the sons, the lost sons, and you remember, of course, we know the. It's obvious that the, the rebellious son went out and wasted uh, his the inheritance uh, as a lost son. And uh, then the older brother, he was back home, and it may have appeared like he was doing a better job, but he obviously as well uh, was, uh, had a, a selfish heart. He also uh, acted like an owner, and, uh, and so he, and he, was, he was miserable. Uh, in fact, the word, the word miser, uh, the word miserable comes from the word miser, those who hoard. You see, so not only can you, can you waste that which belongs to God, but you can hoard that which belongs to God. You can, in a sense, worship that which uh, belongs to God, the creation rather than the creator. And, uh, but this man woke up and he said, what am I going to do? So again, that's what I want to challenge you to do today. One of the ways that Jesus uh, in this story is using this man to commend is that he didn't just quit and give up. And you may be at a place where you say, well, you know, this has been my pattern in my life for a long time. And, uh, you know, and, and uh, one day maybe I'll get it straightened out. Maybe one day I'll begin to be obedient. One day I'll I'll do better in the management of, of the things that God's entrusted to me. No, this man responded immediately. And I want to ask you to do the same thing today. Respond immediately and obediently because the only kind of obedience is instant obedience. The only thing that brings glory to God is if right now you'll... Listen to the Spirit of God as He pl- applies these truths to your heart concerning your stewardship and, and ask the Lord to, to, to take this time right now to, to use this in your own life so that you'll not waste this opportunity as well. So again like this man we need to look forward to, to, to this question, to look forward uh, to, and to look upward to the Lord and, and ask Him to evaluate we, where we are. Uh, not be like the elder brother who was spending life but wasn't enjoying life. God wants us to enjoy uh, what he allows us to put in our possession as we use it for his glory. And that's what brings the greatest joy is when we, when, we, when we use what God has put in our position to glorify him and to be a blessing to others and to invest in eternity. So the first look that I challenge you to is the, the, to look upward, to look toward God and to, to ask him to evaluate your heart and realize that you are a, a steward today, a manager of what God's put within your care. Second thing is to look forward. Look forward in verses 4 through 9 and, and manage your master's resources with an eternal perspective. Manage your master's resources with an eternal perspective. Again, he began to look ahead and, and as we said, he, he began to quickly respond. He moved quickly. And, uh, and again, I'll say that to you as well. When, when, when you recognize what God's Word teaches, uh, you know, you don't just start working toward that. I believe that you, you make that commitment to God and then you obey God. Because again, uh, this matter of stewardship is more about your commitment that, than it is your capacity Uh, One of the things that's that's been discovered about studies about people in their giving patterns is that typically uh, those of even lower income, middle to lower income than we might say in our country, are typically the most generous people. So maybe you've had the attitude, well, you know, if I just had more to give, I would give more. No, well, that's not typically what is seen. People in the world typically, when they get more, what do they do? They just buy bigger houses and they buy bigger cars and they 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 just start spending more and more of it on themselves. And they they typically it doesn't make them more generous. Uh, so again, wherever you are, God is looking at your heart, just like like He did with that little uh, widow who gave the very last thing she had. And and there are many other uh, incidences of that, and certainly in Scripture. But you know people as well who are blessed or generous. This man looked forward, uh, and from that that, we can see that, again, we are to manage the resources with an eternal perspective. Notice um, verse, uh, verse 8, Jesus said that, 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 that lost people are, are wiser, if you will, in investing for the future than God's children are, and in, in, in investing in eternal, our eternal future. In other words, you know, you, you, there's so many things today about money, so much uh, uh, among the world about how to invest and how to protect your money here and how to be sure you know, you're prepared for retirement. And certainly as believers, we ought to be good stewards of those things that God's put in our possession. And we ought to plan even on here for our future. But, but But he's saying to us here that people in the world are typically wiser about planning for their earthly future than God's people are about planning for the eternal future. Now, we're not talking about just settling the issue of salvation. When you repent of your sin, place your faith in Christ, that issue settled. But what are you doing about investing in eternity? What are you doing about sending it on ahead, as we said the treasure principle is? Notice again verse 9, uh, th- this word in verse 9 related to unrighteous man. And he says, make friends for yourselves by unrighteous mammon, that when you fail, they may receive you into an everlasting home. The word mammon here is, a, a, from an Aramaic word, it means money or wealth. And, uh, and, and when Jesus t- talks about unrighteous mammon or unrighteous wealth, he means money, which the world typically uses for unrighteous purposes. That's what it's typically used for, right? But money, uh, for a believer, because it belongs to God, uh, it, it's to be used for an eternity purpose. is to be used for God's purposes. So he isn't saying buy friends or buy your way into heaven. Certainly not. But what he is saying is invest in eternity. Invest in that which is going to last forever. And we know as believers there's really only two things that are going to last forever. The Word of God. Amen. The Word of God lasts forever right and that's what we invest in the hearts of people as we teach and preach and share the gospel that is what will last forever and people are going to last forever And and that's what's important to God. And and so that's what we're to invest in. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 19 to 21, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal, for where your treasure is there your heart will be also. So again, one way that we have the privilege of doing that uh, is by, by spreading the gospel, investing in people and in ministries to spread the gospel and investing in those to who knew to, to hear the gospel and receive the gospel, and and I, I we we do that by giving through uh, through the local church and through through uh, to giving to ministries after that to ministries that we know and uh, that preach the gospel, preach the word of God, are solid in that, and uh, and but you have a great opportunity right here through Lucy Baptist Church. We are so blessed to have the opportunity to invest and to give, and uh, and by the way, I want to just say to you giving is not a substitute for going, okay? It's not just a matter that you can give, so therefore you, you don't have to go. No, you're still responsible for going after the lost, even as we saw in those parables about lost things. And, and you're still a part of that as you share the gospel locally and make yourself available to go beyond here. I believe that, that that's a great opportunity and privilege, and don't say it's too late for me, wherever you may be. God can still use you in that. But I do want to say that, that, that it is a great privilege privilege that we have to be able to do that invest in that which is going to last forever and uh, w- can you imagine getting to heaven uh, you know and and knowing for example that you you get there and and you you see someone that you, you hadn't met this uh, on earth before they come to you and and they say I want to just thank you for giving to the Lord and for giving, and 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 you say, well, you know, I don't exactly know whether you'll know or not, but this is so we're just using our sanctified imagination, and, and you think, well, I don't remember giving to you, and oh, but don't you remember when when uh, uh, when you know when when your church was helping to support uh, Catalyst missions, and, and and Jenny Porter and some others came uh, from. From your church and your community, and they came and taught the pastors here, and the pastors' wives and the other ladies. Jenny was helping to to, to lead them in discipleship study. Well, I came. I rode my horse uh, from our village, and I came, and and I, and I was equipped to hear the gospel. And, and my pastor was. And he came and shared the gospel with me and I heard the and I repented of my sin and placed my faith in Christ and because you gave today I'm here. So praise God. Thank you for your faithfulness and obedience. And we do have that privilege and I challenge you in uh, in helping to support this upcoming trip and knowing that you're helping to invest in eternity as you equip people with the gospel. And it may be way down the line. It may be somebody way down the line who shares the gospel, who get who hears the gospel and repents of their sin and places their faith in Christ because of because of a man or a woman who was trained in these in these conferences uh, in, in discipleship and in pastor training there in Nicaragua and Indonesia. And those are just a couple of examples of opportunities that we have. So be obedient to the Lord and realizing that as you give your uh and in obedience to the Lord, you're being a steward of that which is going to last forever. Because again, people are are what really matters. Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 2, 19 and 20, for what is, is our hope and joy, our crown of boasting before our Lord Jesus Christ at His coming? He says, is it not you? For you are our glory and joy. He's saying what really matters is these people. It's you that matter. It's, that's what's really important. People and, and that, that have had the opportunity and, to, and privilege of hearing the gospel, repenting and coming to faith, and then we have the opportunity and joy of helping to equip them as disciples and making disciples that will multiply to the ends of the earth. So again, we need to ask ourselves this sober question, am I managing the resources of God that, that He's entrusted with me as a manager with view, the view of one day giving an account to Him? If you, if, if the Lord Jesus came today and we immediately stood before Him, or He took you home today and you were standing before Him at the judgment seat of Christ, would you? What would your accounting be toward Him? Would you be one who knows you've been faithful and obedient to Him, and that you've been giving so that the gospel could go to the ends of the earth to the end of time? Oh, you know, Paul had that. The, that's that same spirit, and and he taught the Philippian believers uh, over in Philippians chapter 4, and I don't have that in your notes, but I'm just reminded of that as I think about Paul as he was thanking the Philippian church for their generosity. They'd been a part of the Macedonian believers who gave beyond their ability uh, to to help uh, provide for the Jerusalem church that was undergoing persecution, and they needed support, but then not only did they do that here in the Philippian church, but they were the only ones, not wealthy. They were the only ones who kept on supporting Paul even when he was in prison in Rome because they that's how they were sustained was by people helping to support them. But Paul went on to describe even in that chapter that because of being even in prison and people came to him, Paul's prison cell was a, a place of ministry. It was a place of evangelism. The Roman soldiers that were chained to him heard the gospel as they were chained to him all throughout the day. Uh, He he describes there in Philippians that that, that those of Caesar's household sent them greetings. So obviously there were even people in Caesar's household uh, that had heard the gospel and had responded. Well, you know, again, who gets the glory? God gets all the glory for that, right? But you know what? The Philippian believers had an eternal part of that. Because they had given to support the ministry of Paul while he was there in prison in Rome while, and so that the gospel could go out right there where he was in the midst of that situation and even people in Caesar's household including no doubt Roman soldiers had come to faith. And one day... They would, they would be able to receive a reward and a blessing and just knowing they'd been obedient and investing in eternity uh, to make a difference in someone's eternity. The third look I want us to see together is a look within. Look within. And, and the word to us here is to examine your stewardship as an indication of his lordship. You see, stewardship is and in the, in the way we are obedient as a steward is, is an indication of Christ's lordship in our life. And we see this in verses 10 to 14. And I'm not going to reread those, but let me read verse 10. He said, He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much, and he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Jesus is teaching us here by using this parable of this unjust manager or steward that again, we are to be faithful in the little things, and the little things here are, are really our money, uh, and and, uh, and again, God, God, money uh, is not evil, it, but again, loving it is evil, misusing it. Even wasting it or hoarding it is evil. But God uses money to test our hearts. You see, God starts us where we are. And, and faithfulness, as we already said, is, is what God expects of us. And if God can't trust us in our stewardship and, and what He provides for us in these, these things, these little things, if you will, then He can't trust us with spiritual things. And the right use of material things or stewardship is a gauge Of our spiritual lives. So look within today. I challenge you to look within and examine uh, your stewardship as an indication of His Lordship. How's your spiritual life? How's your walk with God? How's your prayer life? How do you sense the presence of God? Do you sense fruit in your life? Could it be that that one of the reasons that, that God is not entrusting more to you is that you have not been faithful to what God has put in your trust? It be? Because you've not been faithful in those material things to use them as a a steward and a manager rather than as an owner that, that, that God is not able to entrust more to you. He said He can't. And so again, I want to challenge you today to look within and realize that He is Lord and you are His servant. Notice in verse 13 he says that, that no one, no servant can serve two masters. We are servants. We are stewards and managers. He said you can't serve two. No more than a person can walk in two different directions at the same time. It's not possible. And so he's, so he's telling us here that if God is our master, then money will be our servant under his lordship. But if, if God is not our master, then most likely we will be servants of money. In this regard, so either we will love God and people, and invest His money and resources into people into that, that that will last forever, and into ministries that will last forever, and and, and can go to can can one day uh, have the privilege of going to heaven as well. So I challenge you today to consider that and ask yourself where is my heart in regard to what God has put within me. And again, I appreciate Hunter including today and in, in praying about our homes. And one of the things Karen and I want to uh, do so much and. With our home is to is to use his home his the home that he's allowing us to live in as a tool for his glory as a tool for the gospel tool to reach our neighborhood and our community and to use these things to love people and use things because they all belong to him anyway we're just managers and we want him them to to be used for his glory first uh, first Timothy. Chapter 6, verse 10 says, For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evils. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pains. Will you ask the Lord today to, ask, to search your heart and reveal to you uh, where you are in regard to your stewardship and then allow God to do a new and a fresh work in you. And there are two graves, I understand, in, in Egypt. One of them belongs to uh, one you've heard of, no doubt, King Tut. And in fact, I remember coming, uh, uh, or I remember. I believe didn't the King Tut exhibit come to uh, to um, Memphis a number of years ago? Uh, and it's a burial, of course. His from his pyramid was or burial a burial site filled with tons of gold and unimaginable wealth. Uh, and of course, their, their whole theology was they believed by putting all those things in their tomb that they could enjoy them for eternity, which of course is very, very wrong. There's another uh, grave there that belongs to William Borden. William Borden was a Yale graduate. He was an heir to great wealth, uh, but he gave it up uh, as a believer to go to Egypt to share the gospel with the Muslims in Egypt. Uh, he gave hundreds of thousands of dollars at that time many years ago uh, to, uh, to uh, the gospel and to, to help bring people to faith in Christ and to missions. He died only after four months of, of ministry there, and, uh, uh, and he, uh, but he but, but had been obedient with the life that God had given to him. And uh, one, one of those men uh, had tried to take his wealth with him but William Borden sent his own ahead. One of them went out into a Christless eternity without the Lord Jesus Christ and will spend eternity in hell. The other one, on the other hand, is now enjoying eternity in the presence of the Lord. You see, he sent it on ahead, and he has the joy of knowing that many people, no doubt, came to faith in Christ through the gospel ministry that he had had the joy of investing in. So, dear friend, you can't take it with you, child of God, but you can send it on ahead. This is Pastor David Lawrence. Thank you for listening to this message. We pray that God used his word in your life today. If you do not have a relationship with God, the Bible says you can, as you turn from your sin, place your faith in Christ Jesus, his death for you on the cross and his resurrection from the dead, and surrender your life to Jesus as Lord. We'd like to invite you to join us for worship. You can find information about the times and locations for all of our gatherings on our website at lucybaptist.com. If you have any questions or if we can minister to you in any way, please call us at nine zero one eight seven two zero six two three, 872 or email us at info at lucybaptist.com.